what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I said, God's got good things. Some of you sitting under the sound of my voice today, God's got good things for you. If, God, if you'll just let God catch you, He's got good things for you. He's got something good He wants to give you. Yeah. Some of you need a bill. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to First Peter, the book of First Peter, chapter four, and move down, if you will, to verse seventeen. First Peter, chapter four, verse seventeen, and the Bible says, "For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God." And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning asking the question, What shall the end be? What shall the end be? Some time ago, a preacher friend and I were talking about the Lord and different things, and he hasn't been ordained very long and is already pastoring his first church. And we were talking about the Lord, and the subject of funerals was brought up. Unfortunately, he had to preach the funeral of a little baby that had just passed away, and In the midst of the conversation, he asked me, had I preached the funeral of one who was unsaved? And I said, my brother, unfortunately, I have. The family was unchurched. The individual made no pretense of going to church. Sitting down, talking with the family, they had no scripture to give me. They were unchurched. They have no songs. Uh, The music that they had was secular in nature, had nothing to do with God. But yet they asked me to preach the funeral. And Brother James, what do you do in a situation like that when that person's salvation is questionable? And I told the brother, I said, well, for one thing, number one, you seek God. You pray and you seek the Lord and you do what the Lord tells you to do because every situation is a little different. In this particular situation, I did not preach that person to heaven or hell. I said what the family asked me to say as far as the eulogy was concerned. I consoled the family as best I could. 
But when you get down to the bottom line, what God told me to give to that family was preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and His grace and mercy. That's what God told me to give to those people. And if there are any preachers out there listening to me today and, you, and you've got to preach the funeral of one who is unsaved, preach the gospel. Give them Jesus Christ because I knew the day that I preached that funeral there were going to be people in that building that it would be the first and only time that they would ever hear a gospel message. Peter said, the time has come. For judgment. Diana, if you will, put it up on the screen. Hebrews 9, 27. It is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. You may be able to escape a lot of things. But when death comes knocking on your door. And I know there may be some under the sound of my voice. You've had some close calls and you've escaped death. But sooner or later, he's going to come knocking and it's going to be time to go. It's appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. Now, the judgment will not take place at the moment of death although the individual in question will go to their eternal destination. Let me say that again. When the person passes away, they will not be judged right then. However, they will go to their eternal destination, whether that be heaven or hell. There are two judgments mentioned in the Bible. These two judgments are somewhere around a thousand years apart. And Peter said, you'll look there, 1 Peter 4, verse 17, judgment must first begin at the house of God. Christians, the church, will be judged first. It'll happen sometime after the resurrection rapture of the church, Sometime before the second coming, before Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom to rule and reign in this world for a thousand years. Now, when you and I stand before the Lord one day as the Christian, you will not have to give an account of sins. Because your sins were judged at Calvary's cross. Oh, glory to God. I said your sins were judged at Calvary's cross. You will not have to give an account of any sin that day because it's washed, it's cleansed, God's buried it, He's forgot about it, and... If God's forgiven you and he's buried it and forgot about it, then you need to forget about it too. And some of you that keep wanting to reach down and keep dragging up stuff and bringing up stuff on people from the past, if they've asked God to forgive them, then you need to forgive them. And you need to leave those things buried. If God's buried it, then you need to bury it and leave it alone and stop dragging up stuff from back there. Well, Brother James, what will we be judged for 
We'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will not be judged for sins, but we will be judged for the works that we've done since we've got saved. The great question will be, what have you done with the salvation that God's given to you? What did you do with it? Did you develop a relationship with God and find out what it was God wanted you to do in this world and set yourself to do that which God wants you to do? Or did you just thank you, Lord, and you go on about your business and do what you want to do? Let's take a look at it. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and everyone may receive the things done in his body, according that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Again, what did you do with the great gift of salvation that God gave you? Then, if you will, go to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. There is no other foundation. And let me tell you, it's not sinking sand. The foundation that he is, it is a solid rock. Yesterday, we're trying to fix up a 150-year-old pack house there beside the house and the floors rotted out of it we ripped all that out here right before Christmas and finally got back around to getting in there and, and one corner of the building has dropped and I got in there with some jacks and I'm in there jacking and I'm pumping that thing and, and I, I got three different jacks in there trying to jack the, the, the building up and I was jacking on sand. The more I jacked, the more sand. It, the, the, I was burying the jack down in the ground. I, I was not lifting the building. Well, Brother James, what did you do? I finally got enough sand out of the way and put me a center block under there, something solid. Got that jack on something solid. And then, boy, when I pushed down on it, I couldn't hardly move the thing because now... I've really got something solid there. Now I'm beginning to jack this building up and get it where I need it. Let me tell you, my arms are feeling it today. <laughs> There's some other parts of me that's feeling it too. <laughs> uh. But the church is built on a solid foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And everything that we do... Every doctrine that we have, everything that we teach, everything that we preach, everything that we sing about and talk about, and every decision we make in the church must go back to that foundation of Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for us at Calvary. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the foundation of the church. It is that solid rock. There is no other foundation. All else is... Sinking sand. And the Bible says there is no other foundation and we need to take heed. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12. 
Take heed how you build upon this foundation. Notice these different elements. Now, we have six different elements, and they fall into two different categories. You have gold, silver, precious stones, and you have wood, hay, and stubble. We have six elements up there on the screen, but they fall into two categories. Now, what are those categories? Gold, silver, and precious stones, when fire is applied to it, it can only purify those elements. But when you apply fire to wood, hay, and stubble, it reduces it down to nothing, ashes. So what are we, what are we talking about here? What is Paul talking about here? Let's read on, verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest... Or made known. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Let me ask you something. When you stand before the Lord one day, and the Lord lights the fire, to your works, the things you've done for God since you got saved, what shall the end be? The Bible says that it's going to be revealed by fire. It's going to reveal the motives behind what you did. What did we do? Why did we do it? Verse 14, if any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Most people I talk to say, Brother James, if I can just make it to heaven. I know the Bible says that God has got a mansion for me over there, but Brother James, if I can just get a tent, if God will just give me a little tent over there in glory land, I'll be happy. Well, that's fine. If you want a little tin over in glory land, I'm sure God will furnish you with one. But I'm going to tell you something. I want everything that God has for me, both in this life and the one to come. Because God's got good things. I said, God's got good things. Some of you sitting under the sound of my voice today, God's got good things for you. If, God, if you'll just let God catch you, he's got good things for you. He's got something good he wants to give you. Yeah. Some of you need a belt. Mm. Oh, he'll take you out behind the woodshed. It's because he loves you. If he doesn't chastise you, then you're none of his. He'll chastise you. He'll deal with you. But let me tell you, when you do what he tells you to do, he's got good rewards for you both in this life and the one to come. And I want everything God's got for me. Glory to God. All right. We're going to receive a reward one day. Some are going to get a good deal of reward. Some will get nothing. If any man's work shall be burned, verse 15, Dana. He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You're saved because your faith is in Christ and what he did on Calvary. 
but your works is entirely up to you. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The works that you do for God, are the motives behind it pure? Are you doing it because you love God? Are you doing it to be seen of men? Are you doing it for some other purposes? All that's going to be revealed one day when you stand before God. What shall the end be? Now Peter asked this question. What shall the end be of them? First Peter 4, 17. Dan, if you'll put that back up there on the screen. What shall the end be of them who obey not the gospel of God? First of all, let me deal with what the gospel is. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. But if that's as far as you go with it, then we, we don't know very much. The gospel is the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He is the Son of God. Jesus Christ stepped out of eternity and became a human being. He laid aside His deity. He laid aside His God powers and entered into the human condition. Came into this world as a man. As a little baby. Grew up to be a man. Lived a perfect life. Something you and I are not capable of doing. He lived a perfect life so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. To die for the sins of mankind. And he died on a cross. A cruel, painful, agonizing death. He died the most painful, agonizing death for the worst of crimes ever committed. What's the worst thing that you can imagine here today? Jesus Christ died for that horrible, heinous thing. It makes no difference what the sin is. Jesus Christ died for you. All sin. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he came up out of that tomb victorious because death had no right to hold Jesus Christ in the grave because he never sinned. And his resurrection is God's acceptance of his sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I've given you here is God's gospel. This is God's gospel. This is not man's gospel. What's being preached in a lot of churches today, it is another gospel. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not a God-centered gospel. It is a man-centered gospel. It's the gospel that tells you how good you are. Oh, you might have some psychological defects, but buy my book and learn how to be a better you. This other gospel, man-centered gospel, it ignores sin altogether. But God's gospel addresses man's problem, which is sin. Not only addresses the problem, but gives us the answer to the problem, which is Jesus Christ. What shall the end be of them who obey not the gospel of God? How do you obey God's gospel? Is it a bunch of rules and regulations? No, that's religion. 
Christianity is a relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. How do you obey the gospel? Dana, if you will, put this up on the screen. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You say, well, Brother James, is that all I have to do to obey the gospel of God? Yes, it is. But it ain't as easy as what you think. 1 Peter 4, verse 18, Dan, if you will put it up on the screen. Peter said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, that indicates it's going to be a little trouble. It's going to be some difficulty in this walk. Jesus said, Matthew 7, verse 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads unto life. And few, few there be that find it. If the righteous scarcely be saved... Peter said, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? They will appear at the great white throne judgment. It's going to take place after the thousand year reign of Christ. Revelation chapter 20, Dana if you will. Verse 11. John on the Isle of Patmos saw this. I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Here we have a God that is sitting upon his throne. And he's angry. God is so angry at this time. His countenance is so fierce that if it were possible for the inanimate objects to run and hide their face, they would do it. The heaven and earth fled away, but yet the ungodly, the unsaved, will be made to stand before an angry God. Why is God angry? God is angry because He's done everything that He can do to save these individuals that's standing in front of Him now. He's given them every opportunity to get saved, but they would not. And all of this right here is totally unnecessary. But these people would not accept God's way. And God is angry. The Bible tells us, Romans 5 and verse 8, God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God literally bankrupted heaven and people ignored it, rejected it. What shall the end be? Revelation 20, verse 12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. 
Sir, you, you did that underhanded business deal and you think you got away with it. But God's got it recorded in his book. And unless you repent of that thing and accept Jesus Christ, you will stand before him one day and you will give an account of that thing. Sir, you think that you can slip around on your wife and have an affair and get away with it. Unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will stand before God one day and give an account of that thing. Everything Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 2, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. The books will be opened. God's got everything recorded. And there's coming a day when the books will be opened. And the ungodly will be made to stand. Revelation 20 verse 13. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I've run out of time. Let me end the message with this question. What shall the end be? Will it be joy unspeakable? Or will it be a fire unquenchable? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 